talking this afternoon, we're continuing our pilgrimage uh, through Advent. Um, you know, when we when we kicked off our series uh, two weeks ago, we we pointed we pointed back uh, to uh, Israel's historical journey, right? We, we we talked about that when we started this series about the ancient Israelites journeying to celebrate and worship at the temple of God um, that was in Jerusalem. And he, they were commanded by Torah to do this at least uh, three times a year. Like This is what uh, uh -huh. uh, God had asked for them. They had God had appointed celebrations and feasts throughout the year that would commemorate and remind them about the goodness of God and all that he had done for them, right? So that's uh, only three times a year? Well, there were there were more feasts, but okay, three good. <laughs> three times three times a year that was appointed to them to journey to the temple, okay. to give sacrifices, to worship, celebrate God. Um, uh, Advent, we were we've been saying uh, it represents uh, this modern day version of Jesus' church taking a season to set our affections on our one true hope, and that's what we're doing. And yeah, when we can get at it, we can get all of our technical things working. We <laughs> can get our focus on Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulder of the increase of his government. That means his rule. Of the increase of his rule and peace, there will be no end. What a... What a what an amazing promise that is. Uh, it's the overarching theme of our series comes from this famous text out of uh, this passage out of Isaiah, unto us a son is given. Um, 700 years before Jesus' birth, uh, God's prophet to Israel foretold of a time when everything was gonna change, right? Today, uh, uh, we lit the candle of joy. We're, that <laughs> that kind of went off without a hitch. Thank God for that. And uh, we're we're meant to we're meant to light that candle of joy with some zeal. I thought the ends bought lots of zeal. Uh, certainly, Russell was full of lots of zeal. All the kids were full of lots of zeal. And we celebrate the the redemptive work of God's love in His kingdom. Then it's burst into our world through God's Son Jesus. Yeah. Why is Christmas so exciting? This you know works. We we have something to celebrate. Jesus comes as our treasured gift from our Father God to this world. So it's Christmas. We love giving gifts. God the Father started it. It's his idea. He, he gave the greatest gift of all. He gave his son. Jesus comes as this treasure gift. He has come to rescue mankind from this broken mess of sin and to reestablish his father's glory and his rule in our hearts and our lives. So has your life changed since you decided to open that gift from God? Has it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Are you a different person? I'm getting better, but yes, I'm different. <laughs> Yeah, you're, yeah, you're different. Yeah, you're, but you're a good version of exactly who you're supposed to be. You know, I, 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 I still see that girl that I've known all these years there, and yeah, and God's continuing to do a transformative work in our lives. Uh, the kids read out our our primary verse. I'd probably be good if we got back around a psalm and and read that. Do you do you? 
feel, sure. feel up to reading that? Psalm one, with, with some zeal and excitement? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Psalm 126. When the Lord brought back his... Actually, I'm going to read it from paperwork. Are you? My glasses don't work from this far. <laughs> we need like a three-foot screen or oh, something. Oh, my good gracious. We need COVID over so we can look you face to face. There we go. <laughs> Oh, and then I wouldn't have to sit here with you either. Oh, well, no, you can. We can. Uh, well, maybe not. Anyhow, Psalm 126. A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter. We sang for joy. And the other nations said, what, an, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seeds, but they sing as they return with the harvest. Beautiful. So our featured text, it, it's, it's part of a, a unified collection of 15 psalms that are commonly taught, entitled the, the Songs of Ascents. Uh, now, we're going to go into just, uh, just a, a scratch of history on this because it, I think it's important in terms of how it, it draws everything together for us today. Uh, like referring again to the th very thing that we talked about, to this, to this uh, multiplied years, the journeys that the, uh, the, that the Israelites have made to the temple uh, at least three times every year to celebrate and worship God. The Songs of Ascent refers specifically to these psalms that were sung by communities and by families year over year as they made their ascent up the hill to worship and celebrate God in the Temple of Jerusalem. That's why they call them the Song of Ascents, right? Their ascent, it literally means to go up. The temple was like geographically situated on a hilltop. Going up to Jerusalem in, involved an ascent to the temple where they worshipped God. Um, I, I mean, that, that, you know, familiar with, with the history of the scriptures and, and, and our encounters with God that we read about Going up the mountain to worship God leans back into the narrative of so many encounters with God that involved ascending a hill or a mountaintop to meet the Lord. It's this kind of, where there's, there's this kind of overlap of both heaven and earth. Do you think there was anticipation and joy in the journey, like on the way up? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Not unlike our car rides to church churches. <laughs> okay, maybe better than that. <laughs> yeah, as most you, of you know, that's not always the most. Uh, yeah, if you've raised kids, you know <laughs> all about the ascent to church. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't come quick enough. Um, but yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a holy thing. Like think about it. Like uh, you know, right out of the gate. I mean, uh, Moses' first encounter with the burning bush was up on a hillside, right? Mm. Um, a flash forward when Jesus himself is with his disciples, he takes, he takes a handful of them, doesn't he? He takes the boys up to a mountain where, they're, where he transfigures. Yep. 
and they see a, you know, a, a changed, a transformed Jesus having a conversation with both Moses and Elijah. Like, they're, they're having an encounter on a mountaintop. Um, oh, yeah, it's like the history is just full of mountaintop experiences. Um, you know, and, you know, what's interesting is, you know, the Tower of Babel, right? You know, the, the you know, man had conspired to build a tower that would actually reach to heaven. So in, in and of themselves, of their own effort, they thought, you know, we can reach heaven if we just work together, you know. Uh, you know, we're not going to explore all of that, but there is this, this, there is this commonality, this ascending. Even Jesus' ascension into heaven after he says, you know, his farewells to the disciples, he's ascending up. There's this sense of, of heaven uh, being upward and higher, you know, this mm -hmm. higher calling. But going up to the mountain to worship God, as I say, it leans back into this narrative. Um, but the history of this particular song of ascent is a powerful testimony about God, um, about suddenly acting to redeem two generations of Jews who had been living in exile for over 70 years, you know. Even after having been brought into the promised land and established there, uh, they had some relation, relational setbacks with God, right? Mm. Um, and there's this time of exile where, where the Jews were forced to leave. And there were two waves of their return uh, when God led them back home to Israel. It began, uh, it all began actually with this surprising transition of power, the superpowers of that time, of Assyria, and Persia, uh, there was a replacement of, in the Middle East from the, of power that went from Babylon to Persia. And almost 60 years previous to that, the Babylons, had, uh, they had conquered Jerusalem. They had torn down the temple. Uh, they had taken away a select few thousand Jews to Babylon, and it included their most elite, the the royal families, the, um, the brightest minds, their administrators, the priests, the prophets, the people of notoriety and power. And when the Persian king, kingdom overtook the Assyrians, they released the Jews and they encouraged them to begin returning home. And so this is kind of some of the history that we find here in this psalm. The psalm refers to this dreamlike realization and the joy that swept over God's people when they had arrived home from exile. But the psalm certainly also refers to the hard work that needed to be brought to completion. Like they've arrived home to a city that's broken down, to a temple that's been torn down, to mm -hmm. walls that have been broken open. I mean, this, the walls represented their ability to defend themselves against their enemies. Mm -hmm. um, and here they are needed to set themselves to the hard work of rebuilding. And in the, and in the midst of opposition from the neighboring people, the Jews immediately began the hard work of rebuilding their city and the temple and the city walls. Now, about a, if you can imagine, they've set to the hard work of that, but about, about a half a century later, 
after that first wave, a second group of Jews began to return home to the city. And it included the likes of people like Ezra and later Nehemiah. And those are a couple of names, uh, if you're familiar with some of the stories in the Old Testament, that would that you'd go, aha, those, there's a couple of names that I remember. These were men called by God to stir the people into a renewal of their walk with God. Um, and it was a call that invited the Israelites to draw near to their God in faith and in service, right? Not just lip service, but like... Physical. Yeah, like they're, with their lives. In the practical, uh, it included their work on the city's broken down walls and a rebuilding of God's temple. In the spiritual, it was a call to restore their, their sacrificial worship of God. It was a call to open again to open up God's word and to allow themselves to be transformed by it and in their listening and, and to be challenged by a renewal of obedience to God. Uh, things that have been revealed in the spirit, things that were revealed certainly in the word of God. It was a call to renew their, their, their relationship, their covenant relationship that they had mm -hmm. with Yahweh and their covenant relationship with one another. See, the law included both their relationship to God himself, that they would have no other God but him, that they would love him, right? But that they would also love their neighbor. It, it was a return to that. It wasn't about every household for themselves. It wasn't about looking out for number one. It was about looking out for the needs of one another. So it was a, it was a communal call. It was about a return to loving God and to loving your neighbor. You know, which, mm -hmm. of course, Jesus said all of the law and prophets hang on these two things, right? Yeah. So Ezra was, he was a devoted scholar. Uh, he was a practicing theologian in the revelation of Moses, like the, the books of Torah, the first five books of the Bible written by Moses and given by God to Israel. Uh, God's hand was on him. He was on Ezra to help a whole people who had lost their way. Right, to renew their uh, true identity as the sons and daughters of God. It wasn't just that they, you know, that they weren't thinking about God or the things that um, God might expect or want from them. It's that they they had they had they had they had lost their ability to understand who they were. You know, we lose we lose touch with God. We lose an ability to see us as we truly are, see mm -hmm. ourselves, to see one another. Um, committed to help restore their relationship to God, Ezra, uh, he likely, you know, he had some hand, I believe, in this collection, this uh, creation of the Songs of Ascent. Um, songs that were sung by communities and fam families, as we said, who traveled from throughout Judea to worship at the temple in Jerusalem. Songs that were sung by the temple choir who stood on the steps, the literal physical steps of ascension that led into the temple of God. Um, songs of ascent that were used in the preparation of hearts as they gathered to worship God. I, have you ever found yourself when we've, when, uh, when we've been through a particular time of worship where through the week, uh, there's a, been a certain song that's touched your heart mm -hmm. and you find it rising up in yeah. you. This, you know, this is what, 
you know, God's word and, and uh, testimony put to music does for us. It, it, it embeds itself in our spirit. And it's uh, a lot, most worship music actually is scripture. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but here, you know, here, here I'm wanting to say something, and, and I'll say it again. I'm going to end up saying it twice or three times. Who knows? But here's, here's a psalm that is actually based on factual accounts, right? Um, like if you really, if you unwrap this psalm, uh, it's, it's, it's about people's failure. But it's about the God, the goodness of God that catches up to us when we least expect it. Uh, it's, it's about real life. Um, verse 4, restore our fortunes, Lord, as the streams renew the desert. I mean, the streams of the Negev, which was like this desert stream that would collect and swell with water when there were these torrential rains in the foothills and it would collect in the basin. But otherwise, it would be a river that was just dry. So even, even when the psalmist has, has written this, there's, it's both poetic, but it's, it's referring to something that the people understand, that they have mm -hmm. seen for themselves. Uh, they've known what it's felt like to feel parched and dry. And, and here's a, a prayer that says, Restore our fortunes, Lord, just like the streams renew the desert. Mm -hmm. Will you restore our, our fortunes? In, you know, this season of our lives and at this time of history, we are in a time of history making. Oh, absolutely, you know yeah. Um, so how we live out this history, I believe it's important. I believe it, it's, tra it, it tra it's like a trajectory. We're setting a trajectory. But we're in a hard time now. What are we setting our hearts and lives to? What, what kind of decisions are we making in this time? It's at this time in our history when so many nations and people are hopelessly floundering in their journey. And you can see everyone struggling, right? Personally and nationally. Uh, this song hails as a prayer for the Lord to revive us. It's a call out to Lord, revive us. And it, and it begins with, uh, as I said, with this faithful testimony to remember the joy that sweeps us up when we see God restoring things that have been lost, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot more that we could go into in the history of this story and the rebuilding of Jerusalem and, and you know, in the second temple. But it is a testimony that says we've tasted and we've seen the goodness of God in our lives. Do do we ever take time out to just recount the good things that we've seen in our lives and that God has done? I don't think we do it often enough, for sure. No, but it, but it's a but it's a beautiful thing when you turn your face towards it. Yeah. Um, but you know, this is also, as I said, you know, when we're talking about the psalm, it isn't just a bunch of a nice collection of words and thoughts. It's 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 real. It's also a painfully honest psalm of a testimony that says there is so much more that needs doing. <laughs> like, you know. I think there always will be until well, the time we go. Till, till he comes. Till he comes. Till we go to be with him, yeah. right? <laughs> there always uh, will be. Yeah, till, but, but here on the earth and in our lives, we're always going to be looking at it and saying there's so much more that needs doing. 
Verse 5 and 6 is those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. Read verse 6 for us. Uh, they will weep and they... Do you want 5 and 6 or just 6? Just 6 there. I read 5. Okay, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> read them both if you want. I don't want to. Uh, number 6. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return to the harvest. I can see better with all my glasses. Uh, you, you knew exactly what I was thinking. They weep as they go to plant their seed. What a picture, right? Uh, but they sing as they return with the harvest. This is such an honest prayer that acknowledges the, the difficulties that we experience in life. Even, even having been saved, even having been filled with the Holy Spirit, even had Jesus do so much good in our lives, things that we can testify about, life is still can be hard, right? And even while we have God so intimately involved and present in our lives, right? He's present. Uh, this presents as a beautiful and a painful picture of the already, you heard about this in the vineyard, the already and the not, not yet, yet of God's kingdom here on the earth and in our lives. It's You know what, uh, this is a terrible admission to you guys, but just reading verse 6 there going, <laughs> I've actually never seen that in our life, but as we've walked through much stuff, we've done much weeping over things we've, sowed and 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 walked through but to watch god come and uh you know resurrect what was really hurtful we were saying songs of joy sure. and tears of joy too sure I mean, it's well it's 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 crazy because it's almost like both you get <laughs> yeah you get feeling a little you, yeah, you're a little mixed up because you've got all this stuff going on you, joy and pain. Like, how is that possible? Imagine this prayer and <laughs> imagine this prayer and the testimony now being set to worship. You know, we read it like information. This is a psalm that is set to worship. The song of ascent is a meant to be sung, to be worshipped, to be sung out and projected and remembered. Hmm. <laughs> it's crazy this psalm was given to god's people to sing aloud as they expressed worship to the lord it's a song that says we see now the despair of our lives in our situation but we've seen the light of our salvation even so come lord jesus and bring the full measure of your saving grace and work like even now, complete in us the good thing that you've begun, that you've promised, like you've, you've set that promise in there, that Holy Spirit that he gives you, that the moment you say yes to Jesus and you know that something's changed and he's moved in, that's his promise of salvation, that he's going to complete that work in you. You're his. You're sealed with, with his Holy Spirit presence. And yet there's this tension. It's a song that acknowledges our role. Okay, so in the midst of, of remembering, <laughs> recounting the goodness of God, it's a song that says, we'll do our part. We'll determine to keep coming to you, 
We're not going to give up. We will, we will do the hard and the difficult work of, of planting and sowing. But we confess our absolute dependence in you to move. Mercifully move in our lives. Mercifully move through us. Mercifully pour out your life-sustaining and renewing spirit in us again. Do it again, God. Come and do what you only you can do. Hmm. You're not a God. He's not a God that we can manipulate or oh, control. Oh, no, I've tried reverse psychology with them, and it's never gone well for me. <laughs> no, li listen, like, this is not about a formula. No. I, I think this is missing on my notes, and it was so prevalent in my study through this. Is we can't be treating even his joy, any of this, like a formula. You know, we can't be in pursuit of pleasure so that we experience joy. That kind of that kind of thing is what the what the world pursues, and it's fleeting. But the joy of the Lord is 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 it's everlasting, and it's so much different. It's a joy that. Uh, finds a reason to celebrate when really you're looking around going, what's to celebrate? Like, have you looked at your life? <laughs> but no, you don't, you don't understand what he's done in my life. If you only knew. But see, God, you're a God who is, he's a God that is moved by compassion, who acts out of love for your people and for this world. See, you know, that truth that he's a God that isn't to be manipulated, but he's moved by compassion. The Greeks didn't understand that. Their understanding of, of a higher power, a higher power couldn't be manipulated by emotions or feelings of other things. They just simply did whatever they wanted to do, when they wanted to do it, and who they wanted to do it to. Like, they just had no grasp of this. Jesus is so very different. The history of the church's Advent celebration began with the anticipation of Christ, of his second coming to the earth. That's when it began, their celebration of ascents, of, the, of, the, of, of uh, sorry, not ascents, but of Advent. That's, that's when it began. You know, in the same way that the disciples saw him leave the earth, rising upward and ascending into heaven, one day we're going to see him return. That was what the angels promised the disciples. Remember that? But over time, the church moved to include Christ's birth in its Advent celebrations. Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, this is the celebrated good news that the angels heralded over those shepherds. Maybe you want to read that little piece out of Luke. It's so sure. great. Uh, Luke 2, verses 8 to 10. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news, and I will cause great joy for the, all the people. See, not unlike the Psalms, Christmas invites us to celebrate what God has done. It does. We're invited to celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. God who's been fully revealed through his son and shown us the way to life and to everlasting joy. Um, 
First Peter 2.10 says, once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. Once we were, we had not received mercy, but now we have received mercy. God is with us and he'll never leave us. This is the good news that is only found through Christ, but it is great and it's good news, right? Mm -hmm. But we've all been called to embrace the second half of this song. Here I am coming back. It's like, oh no, he's coming back there again. Uh, there is so much more of God's kingdom and restoration that's needed in our lives and on this earth. That actually comes as a promise. Things are going to get better. Mm-hmm. Things are gonna get better. You will you, you don't know. No eye has seen or ear heard the things that God has planned for those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. Like, the, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going on. The, the other side nature, the other nature, the other side of the kingdom and the rule of Christ is that while God's choice for king has been revealed, his rule has not fully come until all of the enemies have laid down in complete submission to his rule. That's coming. Hmm. Until, the, until then, like this psalm, he sends us out, hmm. right? He sends us out to sow seed. He sends us out. God is inviting us to remain vigilant in our love of the Father. He's, he's faithful in our prayers. He's inviting people to be committed to an obedient uh, revelation of his word when the word is revealed to us he wants us to just give ourselves to it in in absolute submission and obedience when it's been revealed to us through his holy spirit and finally he's looking for people who are steadfast in their commitment to forgive others hmm. remember that was part of his lord's prayer that he taught them right yeah no, it's sort of like this caveat at the end, right? Even when life hurts and even when it's feeling like everything in the world and in Satan's kingdom is trying to suck the life out of us, God hears our cries and the prayers of his people and he promises that a harvest is coming that will overtake the sower. Hmm. That's, a, that's another scripture verse that's kind of just weaved in there right there's a day coming when when the reaper will overtake the sower like it's it's a it's a beautiful concept mm. right it's you know it's like it's yeah it's like that revival rain that falls that is mm. talked about in the in this song you know that that fills the valleys that fills the river that comes Revelations 21, 1 to 4. Uh, I couldn't leave this alone because I thought, man, oh man, this is like, this kind of brings a full circle to the things. He says, John, in the book of Revelation, closing out the book, it's always good to read the end of the book to find out what happens in the end. <laughs> John 21, verse 1 says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Where else do, do we talk about the bride? And what is that referred to, typically? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. God's people, the church, right? Yeah, right, yeah. Right? 
I thought you wanted a specific scripture, and I'm going. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, no, you don't have to give us it. But, but yeah, often. But listen to that. I saw a new heaven and new earth. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne, saying, "Look, God's home is now among His people." He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And listen to this. What does verse four promise us? It says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Hmm. Hmm. No more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Hmm. Forever. Forever. That's, That's a, a good long promise. It's a long time. It's a long time. It's a beautiful promise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could you imagine, can you imagine God taking our lives and uh, some of our deepest struggles <laughs> and laying it against the backdrop of his love and his goodness? And then imagine all of it being set to music and being used by everyone for worship. <laughs> that would be fun. That'd be fun. Amazing Grace, yes. one such song. There's many such songs is, where this yeah, has been the case, sure. right? This is where worship's born out of, right? It's born out of this but the it's goodness also of God in our struggle. Holy Spirit inspired. Sure it is. Sure because it is. if the Spirit of God isn't on what you're writing, yeah. you're going to feel it. You are going to feel it. Yeah. Now you had, you know, we've been, oh man, there's so many stories that we could tell, but but I, I think that you had a, 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 a bit of a revelation in a word, so to speak, that I think would be a great place for us to finish mm. up in our time sure. here with people. Maybe you want to share that. Sure. Dave says I have to read it off the notes and say it by scratch, but I told him what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You tell that guy what you're going to do. I'll tell that guy. Yeah, just, yes, dude. I, it, it really, yeah, it really felt like, like yeah. something that God wanted to share. Well, I just, um, it's on joy and it's on hope, which they kind of intermix with each other. But being we did the candle of hope, uh, joy this week, month, week, whatever it is. <laughs> This yeah. Sunday we this did Sunday joy. We did. We did the candle of joy. <laughs> but anyhow, I uh, through the week I was praying with some people, and a picture came up, and God had actually sh showed it to me deeper, and it was yeah. a picture of a a fire. Yeah, strategically, you know, as we make um, a fire, we we lay out the kindling, the the wood. To make a good fire. Sure. So um, this was being done, but in that, that the huge flames on top, I just saw the word um, hope, and then I just really felt that you know, with all of us, you know, it could be life struggles, it could be this COVID we're going through, it could be sure. family issues, health issues. We get tired. And we actually, um, we, the, the fire kind of gets down to kindling. And, and really, what we need to do, and, and actually, we always need to keep that fire of hope in us. And to keep that fire of hope, I felt like it was like, wait, we need, 
we need to learn to spend quiet time. Just us and God, we need to be in the Word of God and let Him speak to us through it. Invite Him in the process of reading because He will highlight things like you couldn't imagine. Uh, we need to um, we need to be praying and interceding. We need to yeah, we just need to keep filling up because when we get sidetracked, we're going to go down to embers and we're going to barely you know, that hope is going to be um, lacking because we just won't have it or barely have it. And, um, but, and, and I was thinking, too, of, you know, sometimes we can say, well, I don't have time to read the Word. I don't have time to. People say that? I've heard it. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'm we, thinking, we you don't have time not to. Uh -huh. And if that is something coming out of your mouth of admission, I think you need to actually spend some quiet time and ask God why. Because really, by filling yourself up with Him and His Word and just His presence, sure. you're going to have so much time to do all the other stuff because you're not going to actually be feeling guilty that you're actually, oh, I gotta, I so haven't even prayed. So it's about reordering our life. Right? Yeah, and inviting Him in to do it. But just the... The importance of keeping that fire um, uh, just crackling high. Yeah. Don't don't let the fire because there's a chance that fire can go out if you let it get down to the point where there's just embers. It can just go out. And I I found a couple scriptures that God showed me, and and it, it just good. Um, Romans one uh, twelve. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Oh my goodness, that's in the word. I didn't make that up. No, that's in no, the word. That's yeah, that's that's from a guy who knew some tribulation himself. But right? he, you know, I believe the whole Bible is inspired by God. It's, Absolutely. So that is a word inspired by God. Another scripture for you. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him. With all my heart, he helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in song and thanksgiving. That's Psalm 28, verse 7. Yeah, and that's like, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's an expression of what worship is like, right? With yeah. the revelation of God, there's this, there's this burst, there's this outburst of joy that comes. Jesus actually often experienced worship when people were being healed and set free and delivered yep. like it. Do you think he wasn't dancing? Ah, I, think I think he so. was dancing, yeah. Uh, I've got two more scriptures. Uh, this is Romans 15, 13, a good one. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Well, <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is Psalm 63, 7. For you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadows of your wing. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. He never lets go. That's awesome. But, and even when we may step away, he's never let go. But the fullness of when we are yeah. filled, you know, with, uh, continually filled with his his present, his word, and joy, laughter. Um, 
What a different life mm. than just grappling at straws of leftover shatnerl. What is it called? <laughs> Shap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, just, yeah. Just, yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Anyhow. Leave it. <laughs> so, you know. Not my, sure what you're saying. <laughs> well, what is it called when you're in a war and all those. Shrapnel. Yeah. That's the word. Shrapnel. Yeah, that's not a, wow. <laughs> Anyhow. But, you know, and as I was pondering all this stuff, I thought, wow, you know, I invite, and we can do it now, but I, I invite you to spend some quiet time and ask, close your eyes, just sit there, quiet time, and invite God to show you where actually the fire is on that, on that pile of wood in your life. <laughs> and if it is way down here, then ask God to come and show you. You know, also... Um, you, you honestly might be going through some tough stuff. Absolutely. And sometimes we need our friends, our family, our leaders, the pastors, just to come alongside us and pray. And it's amazing sometimes a prayer session just lifts the heavies off your shoulders. Sure. Yeah, so please, if that's you and there's a struggle there, please come and um, contact us. The church phone line is always open. We don't answer it Mondays, but but yeah, we we sneak a listen in. <laughs> but we do. We we care so much about all you guys, and you know, and Dave and I need it too. Absolutely, we, we get in our moments of going. I just need prayer. Oh, never, never. Yeah. No, no. not my perfect husband. <laughs> yeah, never. Well, yeah. Like, listen. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's you know it it's it's good to have an honest reflection of what's going on in our lives. Like you know, and a, a doctor in order to you know to to give us the medication that we need or the treatment we need that will solve our medical issues, um, they need to actually properly diagnose what's going on, right? And mm -hmm. we're no we're no different. We need. We need a diagnosis, but the great physician, <laughs> Jesus, the Holy Spirit, uh, yep. uh, are so good at diagnosing what's going on in our hearts and helping us with this. Um, you know, he, he, you know, he's the great revealer. Um, and, the, and the beautiful thing about God's Word and His Holy Spirit um, is that they work together to really... Um, to restart those fires in our hearts again, right? Mm -hmm. To set things yeah. right, uh, and, and yeah, you're, that that picture of the fire deb is so good because it it really it talks about the you know that we're meant to enjoy the heat of that fire. Oh, I love heat. Oh, Debbie loves heat. Yeah. I would sit on the fire and burn me. Why is that true? I don't know. Anyways, it's, but yeah, a little bit of a hyperbole on your, your case there. But yeah, it's, but it is, but it's, but it takes work. But there is times when the fire is burning that you get to stand back and just enjoy it. And so do the other people around you, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's meant to be enjoyed. And, um, but yeah, it's, it takes some work to get it going. But once it's going, it's, it's, and then it takes some more work and some forethought and some wisdom and continually to, adding yeah and continually adding and filling the fire yeah but god will help us with that you know you know what's a great picture of that i think of when you talk about fire i think about 
the resurrected Jesus waiting on the shore of, of Galilee at the sea, right? The boys have gone out fishing. They've kind of given up. Pete's led the guys out. He said, I'm done with this. Let's go fishing. <laughs> They're fishing all night. But who's on the shore? He's already got a fire going, and he's got food on cooking, ready for the guys, because he knows that they're going to be hungry. They're going to need some food for themselves. Uh, it's Jesus. Yeah. And, and that is so true of our Savior. Like, he's, he's already got a fire going. Yeah, he's he does. Got, he's got yeah. food on that fire to sustain us, and he's inviting us in to the shore to have fellowship mm-hmm. with him. What a, I, I love that a metaphor of fire. You know, I'm going to encourage you, uh, maybe take some time after this to post those, those. let's post our scriptures that we were working out of today. But sure. those, the scriptures are filled with promise there. Um, I don't know, have we got some comments coming in? Anything that we need to no. highlight? No? no. Did it, did Everybody's just saying, hello. Hello. Well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Did they give up on us when we had technical difficulties? Don't we don't know. Anyways, we love you guys. Yeah. Uh, we hope that this has been just a, uh, an encouraging time for you, as much as it's been for us. I'll tell you, it's been a, it's been a struggle to just get here, all because of a technical glitch with an iPhone. Go figure. But uh, we're, we're thrilled that we could spend time, time yeah. with you here this afternoon. And, and seriously, if, if you... Um, as pastors, we are allowed to come and pray for you if you would like us to. Oh boy, you're like crossing over the line there. But well, that's not really true, actually. Yeah, like listen, where there's where there's where there's need, we we need to identify that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's the ability to there's the ability to take a walk, if, but you don't like the cold so much. <laughs> She'd do it. She'd do it for you if she knew you needed it. Yeah, I would. I would. Anyways, let's, can you just generally pray over us and, and sure. we'll close her up? So God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just, yeah, we thank you. We thank you for your word and we thank you for friends and we thank you for um, your goodness. Mm. So we just, I uh, just pray you guys, you just um, take time to, to talk to your father and your papa daddy and just mm. invite him in a little deeper and because um, he loves hanging out with you funny you said that you know, you know, I heard Debbie say invite him in a little deeper and I got a picture of him running for a pool <laughs> and doing cannonball <laughs> that's, that's, like God wants to come into your life like yeah. that like just gangbusters and great and with great joy Uh, will the Lord bless you and hold you and keep you and give you peace and just whisper incredibly good things into your ears and into your heart amen 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 it's been great have a good week guys have a great week hopefully next week we uh, have no glitches for you but I will have another pretty Christmas shirt for you oh gee there you go (laughs) Such a competition.